0: Psalm 142. There is a large elephant standing in the room this morning, and we're going to take time as God's people to address him. Obviously, there's a lot going on in our country, in our nation, in our politics, and um, fortunately, God's word doesn't shy away from anything and has hope and truth for us, and so we're going to address that together. Let me add my hello to those that are watching online. I think we got the volume worked out now. I think you're able to hear. So uh, thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, Church family, those of you who have seen the prayer requests on Facebook, you know, we've got a growing number of people in our own congregation who do have coronavirus. Um, Some of them are having minimal symptoms. Others are having severe symptoms. Um, And so, um, you know, I've I've encouraged those, uh, you know, many in our congregation feel more comfortable wearing a mask, Go, you know, um, please do so. Um, this is a judgment-free zone when it comes to that, and um, we want you to feel comfortable and want you to be safe. And uh, so, and I mentioned it in Sunday school this morning, but it's good to have Ronnie Dyer um, not in the hospital and here with us this morning. So praise God for what He did in your life, brother. Okay, Psalm one forty-two. In honor of the reading of God's word, let's stand together and let me read to you Psalm one forty-two, which I believe, which I believe is God's word for us this morning. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I said 142. Psalm 146. I'm sorry, I told you the wrong Psalm. Psalm 146. A couple more pages. Praise the Lord. Say that with me, church. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. Whose hope is the Lord his God? God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, he keeps faith forever. That's a long time. Who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry the lord sets the prisoners free the lord opens the eyes of the blind the lord lifts up those who are bowed down the lord loves the righteous the lord watches over the sojourners he upholds the widow and the fatherless but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin the lord will reign forever your God, O Zion, to all generations. And say it again with me Praise the Lord. Father, would you use this psalm from your word to give us this morning great confidence and hope? We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thanks, you, so you can have a seat. So, some in our country this morning are incredibly happy and incredibly hopeful at what seems to be the outcome of this election. I mean, it's weird that we're this many days, and I have to say what seems to be (laughs) the outcome of this election. And some in our country are incredibly sad and fearful about the outcome of the election. And I believe that this passage is given to us by God to keep us from being terrified or thrilled. It's good, isn't it? I mean, it really is. This passage, thanks for saying amen, because I wanted to. (laughs) This passage really is, it is given to us to keep us from being terrified, if you're terrified. And if you're thrilled, you shouldn't be thrilled, right? Like, I mean, and by the way, in the interest of full disclosure, this is the exact same thing. Psalm and almost the exact same sermon I preached four years ago. Almost word for word. This psalm, though, not only gives us hope for the next four years or the next 40 years, this psalm gives us hope for the next 40 billion years. See, I believe we're wrong to be hopeful that any American president is the answer to our greatest problems. And I believe we're wrong to be anxious that any American president can be our greatest problem. This psalm begins and ends with the word hallelujah. We said it together. Praise the Lord. The last five psalms of the psalms are hallelujah psalms, psalms where we praise the Lord together. I mean, if you look at the... Psalm 147, Psalm 148, 149, 150, they all begin and end with the words, Praise the Lord. And here this morning, we are reminded that we are to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord in all things. And we're to praise the Lord because of who He is and because He is the one that sets up kings and pulls down kings. He is the one who sets up presidents and pulls down presidents. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, a a verse you should be familiar with, he removes kings and sets up kings. Word for word. God does. Daniel 4, verse 25, the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives to it whom he will. Who rules the United States of America? God does. Jesus himself told Pilate, John chapter 19, verse 11, you would have no authority over me at all unless, you remember how the verse ends? Unless it had been given you from above. So therefore, any ruler at any time in human history, any ruler, every ruler, throughout every time in human history was placed on the throne because God was the one who put him there And they had power because God is the one who gave them power. Kim Jong-un, Adolf Hitler, Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, and President-elect Joe Biden. So we say praise the Lord like this psalm begins. We say praise the Lord because we believe that God knows best right i mean we do right we do believe that sometimes it's hard to believe that because you think if you were god you would have done it differently right i mean that's just i think all of us in here or many of us in here might feel like if i were god i would have handled that differently but he is god and and the purpose of the lord will stand i think i told you uh, my family and i we watch it's called World Watch News, and it's a paid subscription thing. And really, it's world news for children. I think Angie and I like it even more than the kids do. Every, almost every night after dinner, it's about 10 minutes long, and we watch it together as a family. And at the end of the 8- to 10-minute long news program, the, the host of the program says, and w- he says the exact, the exact same thing at the end of every news program. He says, and whatever the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand. Whatever the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand. So here's our main point this morning from Psalm 146. Put your hope in God, not man. Pretty simple. Put your hope in God, not man. We read through the psalm here, but let me me go to verse 3. We're going to spend some time unpacking this, but just look at verse 3. Put not your trust in princes. In a son of man in whom there is no salvation. So remove the word princes and just put whoever, whatever political leader, put your favorite president's name there. Put not your trust in so-and-so. Why not? He's the son of man. There there is there is no salvation in him. And when he dies, he's dead. And all of his plans, all of his agenda, all of his presidential, kingly, whatever, you know where it goes when he dies? Yeah, right, right, right with him. See, we're tempted to think America would be great if we only had so-and-so, fill in the blank as our president. Who would you put in that blank? Different ones of you might put different people in that blank, right? George Bush, Ronald Reagan, Theodore Roosevelt. My children last night were... Um, uh, w- one of my children w- was um, begrudging the fact that Abraham Lincoln wasn't still around. Uh, we could have him again. Calvin Coolidge. George Washington. Mike Pence. Kanye West. <laughs> that, was, that was meant to be a joke. Okay. We think it's not reality television enough. Brothers and sisters, do you understand that it doesn't matter whose name you put in there, God would tell you not to trust in them? It doesn't matter whose name you would put in that blank. God would then look you in the eyes and say, now remember, don't put your trust in them. Don't do it. Point number one, don't trust in man. Why do we have to be told not to trust in man? Because we do. It's, I mean, we just we just do. We do. We are so tempted to put our trust in princes. Don't trust in man. Don't trust in a prince. People with power and authority. Why does God have to tell us not to trust in them? Because we are so tempted to trust in them. We want a strong ruler. We want a strong ruler. A, we want someone that we can look up to and someone who does the right thing and someone who beats the enemy and they take care of good people. We want them to be strong and moral and noble and we want that. And do you know what? It's good that you want that. That's a good thing to want. It's the right thing to want. Where did you get that want? God's the one who puts that want into our chest. And we're going to talk about a little bit more why you want. I mean, brothers, it's not a secret. Okay, I'll let I'll let the secret out of the bag. Who is it that you're wanting when you want that? You want Christ. You want a Messiah. You want a warrior king God. Well, you can have him. Now, and he will set all things right forever. That's coming. This psalm tells us that's coming. We've been talking about it in Sunday school a lot. Don't put your trust in princes. Don't put your trust in the son of man. Now, son of man just means someone who was born of a woman, right? There's no salvation in him. He can't save. We want someone to save. We want someone to save us from foreign enemies. We want someone to save us from coronavirus. We want someone to save us from financial instability. We want someone that's a savior-like God, like a a savior-like person. When we look to that person, we're looking to him as though he were a god. But, but God is saying, but remember that that person is created and they can't save. They actually need to be saved. In fact, that person isn't the solution. That person is part of the problem. That person will die and rot, and when he dies and rots, his plans cease along with him. But Christ's plan didn't cease when he died. Dying was part of Christ's plan. Christ's plan sprang to life when he died. You might want to write some notes in there next to Psalm 146, verse 4. When man dies, his plans perish. When Christ died, his plans succeeded. That way when you read through there next time, you'll remember, oh yeah, man's plans perish when he perishes. Jesus' plan succeeds when he died. Verse three, don't put your trust in the prince, in princes. Don't put your trust in the son of man. So who are you put to put your trust in? Let me, let me, let me read verses 3 and 4 one more time. Pay careful attention to them. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Let me read to you those verses again, looking to Christ. Put your trust in the king, in the son of God, in whom there is salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. But three days later, he rises from the dead. And on that very day, his plans succeed, and he accomplishes salvation for his people. Isn't that cool? That's cool. We need salvation, brothers and sisters, and we need more than political salvation, more than circumstantial salvation. We need to be saved from our sins, and our sins deserve to be punished with eternal separation from God in hell where will we find the salvation that we need? We won't find it in man. So, number one, do not trust in man. Point number two, I know this is getting complicated here. Point number two, do trust in God. Do trust in God. Verse five, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And here what the psalmist is doing is reminding God's people of how God has come through for them in the past. The God of Jacob. So often we receive strength for today and for the future by looking into the past. And it's interesting, isn't it, that so often we can look in the past and we can look in our own lifetime at our own history and you can see that verses 3 and 4 are true. Right? You Desperately hoped that whatever president has been your favorite in your lifetime, that he would fix the problems. And he may have moved the needle a little bit. He might have moved the needle a lot. But did the problems go away? No. Did your problems go away? No. Your own experience tells you that when you have trusted in man in the past, it didn't work. It didn't work. The people that we thought would save us, didn't save us. Lincoln did a lot of good, but didn't save us from racism. Reagan did a lot of good, but he didn't save us from international conflict. Bush did a lot of good. Trump has done a lot of good, but didn't save us from the ills of abortion. But God, God on the other hand, God is the God of Jacob. Jacob was a rascal, and yet God was faithful to jacob you and i when when god said when when the psalmist says um uh verse five blessed is he whose help is the god of jacob it's like the psalmist is saying hey look god was faithful even to remember remember uncle jacob like he was a little bit of a you know, he's a little bit of an embarrassment. We don't talk about him a lot. We don't remind everybody in the family about Uncle Jacob because he was, you know, he's not our favorite uncle. He's not our most upstanding, right? Maybe you have an, an uncle or a character in your family that's like that, like, well, yeah, we're related to him. Thanks for reminding me, right? Like, we don't, we don't talk about uncle so-and-so. But here, here the psalmist is saying, look, Jacob was a rascal, but God was faithful even to Jacob, and God will be faithful to us, Blessed are those whose hope is in God. So let me ask you, where is your hope right now? Are you hopeless? If you're hopeless, it's because you're looking to someone or something that doesn't bring you hope. Or that can't bring you hope. If you are hopeless, it's because you don't have someone that you're looking to to bring you hope. A Christian, by definition, cannot be hopeless. A a Christian can ignore the hope that exists. A Christian cannot know the one who offers hope. He, He cannot know them very well. But a Christian can't be hopeless. Are you hopeful? Let me ask you this. Are you hopeful? Are you hopeful because your candidate did win? That's a bad reason to be hopeful because he's a, he's a man, and his plans will go with him to the grave. We just read, don't put our trust in humans. Is your political candidate human? Then don't trust in them. Don't put your hope in them. Don't put your hope in their advisors or their cabinet, because their advisors and their cabinet are also humans. Put your trust. Put your trust in the one. I love what the psalmist does here in verse 6 who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. I mean, that's kind of, you know, if you're, if you're telling one-up one stories, well, my dad makes six figures. Well, my dad makes seven figures. Well, my dad makes, right? And here the psalmist just kind of says, put your trust in the one who m- made everything. He made you. He made all the nations of the world. He made the world. He made the infinite space beyond our planet. like you want, to tr- you want someone who's trustworthy and powerful and good? Trust, trust in the one who has made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in the sea and everything on the earth and everything in the heavens. He will keep faith forever, and I love the word forever. The older I get, the more I love the word forever. Um, because four years isn't very long. I mean, it seems like we just had one of these elections, and that was four years ago. And four years from now, we're going to do another one. I don't, I don't know if I want to ever do another one. Lord, come back before the next one, please. Come back, you know, before the week's end. That would be wonderful. And, and th- people, those, those of you who've watched the Lord for any length of time, you actually know that that really is the cry of the Christian's heart. Lord, even so, just come quickly, quickly, please. I know lunch is in the oven, but that'd be okay. We'll, 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 go. we'll go before then. That's right, Maranatha. Yeah, amen. Don't trust in the created ones. Trust in the one who created the created ones. There are, there are certain kinds of things that we want from our rulers. We want them to keep faith. Look, in this Psalm, verse 6, the end of verse 6, this God keeps faith forever. We want someone that tells the truth. What does God do? He tells the truth forever. And always only tells the truth. We want someone who executes justice for the oppressed. Right? And I know that the word social justice is just so loaded with so many different things. And to just say the words black lives matter. Well, what do you mean by that? And what, right? Like, I mean, Like we start to have a fight about. Something even like that. We want, But we know that justice needs to be served, but how do we? Well, there is a God who executes justice for the oppressed forever. We look at welfare programs for the poor and for the disabled. Well, here's a God who gives food to the hungry. We want someone with military might, and here is a God who sets the prisoner free. And we want health care, and here's a God who opens the eyes of the blind and we want someone who takes care of the weak and marginalized. And here's a Lord who lifts up those who are bowed down. And we want someone who establishes good political alliances and the Lord loves the righteous. We want someone who protects immigrants and refugees and the Lord watches over the sojourners. We want someone who provides social services for the needy and he upholds the widow and the fatherless. And we want someone who, has lo- who provides law enforcement and political punishment. And, and here's someone... Um, who brings to uh, ruin the way of the wicked. Do you realize how I'm reading from the psalm? You know, like all of that's coming right from this passage. So do you see that what you want is only found in God? It's good to want those things. I want them, you want them, and you should. We just have to look for them in the right person. And looking for them in any other person, setting our hope in that person is where we get off track. Only God can do these things. We should faithfully seek to be like God and to follow these things, but no man is going to do them perfectly. He's a God who keeps faith forever. We really struggle with the untruthfulness and the unfaithfulness of many of our leaders. God keeps faith forever So let me ask you well, let, let me Yeah, we, we've Let me ask you, how can we, we're told not to put our hope in princes and we're told to put our hope in God so that we have hope for today and for 40 billion years from now how can we know what we're hoping in how can you actually know where does my hope lie well i think you can know it by asking yourself these questions what do i think what do i say and what do i do what do i think what do i say And what do I do? That's going to give you, that's a pretty good thermometer of what you're trusting in, a pretty good litmus test. What do you think? And you're the only one who really knows this. This is what you really experience deep down on the inside of you. Are you angry and frustrated and fearful? All right, that's going to begin to uh, show you where your hope lies. Or are you confident in God? You might be disappointed. You might be concerned. You might disagree. I'm not saying that we don't still have opinions and that we don't know what's right and pursue it and that we're disappointed when it, it doesn't happen or concerned when it doesn't happen or even motivated to take action when it doesn't happen. But, but you can still trust in God and live with a life that's full of hope. Do you, you understand that most Christians through most of human history have lived in horrible circumstances with the hope of God as their king. We might get that chance more than we ever have. What do you say? This, this is part of what will help you know what you're hoping in. What do you say? What do you communicate? We, we fuss about the people who protest by burning cities, and we should. Proverbs chapter 29 says this, scoffers set a city aflame. Scoffers set a city aflame. You know that you, by your words, can do all kind of damage by what you say, by what you say to your spouse, by what you say to your children, by what you say to the people who disagree with you politically, by what you say on Facebook, a lot of people go around with a gallon of gas and a, you know, a clicker lighter and they're just, they're scoffing. Their words are scoffing and they're burning the city down. And you would never go start a, a, you would never go do riot the way those people do it. But God says scoffers set a city aflame. What do you say to your kids about what's going on? What do you say to your grandkids about what's going on? You should be teaching them what is right and what is wrong and what is okay and what is not. But they will get a sense from you whether or not your hope is in man or whether or not your hope is in God. What do you say? What do you say on Facebook? What do you say with your bumper stickers? What do you say to people who with whom you disagree? What do you what do you say? They're listening. We'll hear what you're trusting in. Where your hope lies. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do with your life? What you do with your life will make it obvious to the rest of the world around you where your hope lies, what you're trusting in. Do you try to convert people to your political position? Or to your political candidate? Or to your opinions about how things should work? That's that's okay. That's okay to do that. Or are you more interested in telling them about Jesus Christ? You can convert someone to your political opinion and they'll go to hell forever. That doesn't save them. I, I wish we had, I wish we had a stickers that said, I witnessed. People put on their I voted sticker and act like it's the most morally significant thing they've done in four years. It's not. And if that's all you've done, if that's like the greatest badge of Christianity that you have, you've missed out on the, the whole reason God left us here, brothers and sisters. I voted. I think you should vote. I think we should vote. Voting's important. But people can vote and go to hell. We need eyewitness stickers. I told someone about Jesus stickers, but, but, but how many of us would be wearing them? I know, that's a, I know that's kind of a confrontational point and I put it in these notes on purpose this morning. Because now we've got time, brothers and sisters. You can tomorrow, you can go put on the eyewitness sticker. And the next day you can put on your eyewitness sticker. And the day after that, you can put on your eyewitness sticker. And that's more important than your I voted sticker. It's more important. So we can know who we're hoping in by what we think and what we say and what we do. And you might get to the end of that and think, man, well, I'm hoping in the wrong thing. So how can we change who we're hoping in? What can we do about this? Some in here might be aware that you trust in princes, And you need to change and put your hope in God. Brothers and sisters, the only way that you will find your hope in God is if you really know him. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, none of this makes sense. None of this is even desirable. If you don't know God through his son, Jesus Christ, you won't find your hope in him. So first, I would say, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved you have to know god and know his word. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. Debbie mentioned the idea of knowing the word of god so well that as you're interacting with people, you know how to use the word of god in their lives. But brothers and sisters, we won't know how to think about god if we don't know him through his word. What that means is, and sometimes I feel like I make the exact same application every single Sunday. Like read, go read your bible. Read your bible. Know God through His Word. Go from here and read your Bible. You've got to know God in the Word of God. It's the only way you're going to know Him. You won't just be a great, strong, healthy Christian because you came here this morning. You have to know Him. And I know I beat this drum often, but if if your day consists of five minutes of our daily bread and then five hours of political news radio it's obvious what you're going to trust in. You're, you're going to trust in the thing that you know and the thing that you're filling your heart and mind with. So fill your heart and mind with truth. I think sometimes, some people may feel like, well, I, I only have two choices. I can either be uninformed or misinformed. All right? if, I, if I watch the news media, I have no idea what to believe. I'm misinformed by them. So I'll just be uninformed. Brothers and sisters, you can be biblically informed. And I'm not just trying to be cute. You you must be. It's the only way you'll know how to navigate everything else. So brothers and sisters, know God and know him through his word. What makes the psalmist in Psalm 146 so hopeful in God? It's because he knows these things about God. He knows that God is faithful forever. He knows that God made heaven and earth. He knows that God will execute justice. He knows that these things are true about God. And because he knows God, he's confident and hopeful. Brothers and sisters, I want Liberty Baptist, I want the Christians in this community, I want the Christians throughout the world to be people who are confident and full of hope in God. And come what may in the world around them, that they're like they're like the rock of Gibraltar when a raging storm is hitting it. Yeah, the, the storms, the waves still hit, right? They still get wet. The, the weather affects them, but they're immovable because God is immovable. In conclusion, here's the, here's the wonderful news. Here's wonderful news to end with. The greatest king of all time will reign forever. The greatest king of all time will reign forever. The longest, if you were thrilled with what President Trump was doing in our country and you thought, man, we need four more years of that, it still would have only been four more years. You know how quickly the last four years went by. But the greatest ruler of all time will rule perfectly forever. And again, this is where we talked in in Sunday school about the restoration of all things, God's people in God's place in God's presence, the new heavens and new earth, the perfect garden where the king will dwell and rule over his people perfectly forever and ever. Look in verse 10. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations. To your great-great-grandkids, yep. And what about their great-great-grandkids? Yep, them too. What about their great-great-grandkids? Them too. And what about theirs? Yep, them. And the ones, that their great-great-grandkids? Yep. Should I keep going or should I stop? I'll stop. You get the idea. The Lord to all the generations forever, He will reign forever. The Lord will reign forever. Verse 10 is one of the most comforting verses that we can look at together here this morning. The Lord will reign forever. Put your trust In your God, O Zion, to all generations. And then it ends with the same words it started with praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, can you praise the Lord this morning? Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah, we can. We can. Because he is the Lord who reigns forever. You see, we desperately desire to have a great leader who will rule over us. We were created for it. We know it. We know it when we've got a good one. And even when we have a good one, we think, yeah, he's not perfect. Why we care so much about something like the position of a president. You see, you see why we care so intensely? Do you see why you feel so happy when you win and so threatened when your guy loses? It's because you know fundamentally that you should have a loving and strong and wise leader. And those who know the God of Jacob know that God is that leader that they are desperate for. All people who know Christ as their Savior will live under the great king in his kingdom, under his perfect rule forever. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in the son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. brother and sister, is is your help the God of Jacob? Whose hope is placed in the Lord his God? Is your hope in the Lord your God? Why should you hope in him? Well, he made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything that's in them. Why else should you hope in him? Well, he keeps faith forever. He executes justice for the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down and he loves the righteous. He watches over the sojourners and upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked, he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. We're going to close with a song and then a word of prayer. I'm going to ask the music team to come. And we're going to sing, Be Thou My Vision. So as we are people who need to put their hope in God, we need to look to the God of Jacob as our hope, as our rock, as our salvation. Let's sing together. And it's a song that's a prayer. It's a prayer request that you are making to God this morning. God, be my vision, Lord of my heart. I don't want anything else to be anything to me except who you are. Let's stand, we'll sing Be Thou My Vision, and then Will will come and close our time together this morning with a word of prayer.